Welcome to Just a Face, a podcast about modern parenting. Episode 30, Parent Crush on Carrie Quayle. Today we talk with this mother, bartender, and all-around busy lady. Carrie Quayle will share about life as a mom and a craft cocktail slinger. Plus, what came first, the chicken or the chicken bone? Hi, I'm Whitney Crispell. I'm mom to two girls, ages three and one. And I'm Drew Ludwig, father to three daughters, ages 11, 8, and 6. Don't forget that we might swear on this podcast. So, it's time for us to catch up, Whitney. Yeah, it's been a little bit. How are you? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. It's, I don't know, this monthly podcast rhythm, I, I don't even know like it's hard to think of a whole month at, at, at I know a time. I agree and we'll talk about this more maybe in the next episode but we're you're like this monthly rhythm is gonna I ruined it get into a bigger rhythm like well we're gonna have to figure this out but you are heading for a sabbatical soon and I've been yes. wanting to hear about it and like I'm gonna spend three months or I'm going to spend three months away from Buffalo most of those three months will be at uh, Koinonia Farm in Georgia uh, America's Georgia it's about two and a half hours south of Atlanta and you're gonna uh, be real tan when you get back I get real tan in Buffalo, okay. so Uh-oh. yep, that's a thing. Okay. That's really going to happen, and I might have to do like work outside, uh, which will make me tan too. And your family's coming with you? They are, sort of. I'm leaving without them because I'm supposed to start in June, yeah. and Buffalo has schools right. late into June, so I'm, I'm leaving, coming back, and then driving down with them again. How do your kids feel about being gone for the summer? They feel, so I'm going to answer a different question than the one you asked. Okay. <laughs> they feel excited about going to Americus and excited about going to the farm and excited about everything that we're going to do. And then if, but if you ask them, how do you feel about being gone for the summer? They'll say they feel sad. Yeah. Uh, so. And they can, yeah. They can simultaneously, I mean, yeah, but they can feel they, all of those things. There's going to be sense. kids there. There's going to be like camp there and uh, there's a pool in the town and they're just going to have a wonderful fun time. The um, It's like camp. It'll be like camp for them. It's a fu- And you're yeah. living on a farm. Yes. Cool. They'll yeah. love it. I think they will. And it'll be, have I told the chicken story with Leah? No. Oh, so like this is why they need to live on a farm for a little while. We were eating chicken wings being stereotypical Buffalonians. Yeah, no uh, and uh, she was, and this is my eight-year-old, She, she's used to eating chicken, and she says, this chicken, it's on chicken bones. <laughs> and we said, yes. uh-huh. She's like, so did they like take the chicken and put it on the bones before it came to us? Oh my god! <laughs> we're like, no, <laughs> chicken is chickens. <laughs> it's it's a chicken with meat on the bones, and we eat the meat. That's that's the muscles of the chicken, and it was just like her mind was blown. And it's not even like did she get it when you said explain it like that, or was she, she just did. like, huh? I, yeah, I I think this is like willful ignorance. Yeah, because like. She likes to eat chicken. Right. So she's, 
but like I understand like if a kid made the separation between like beef and cows, right? Like right. or cattle, but chicken is called chicken. Right. It's chicken. It's chickens. She's totally divorced from where her food comes from. That might change this summer. Yeah, definitely will. I, 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 I hope. Right out of college, I worked on a farm and like a program that brought kids, mostly kids from New York City area to a farm. And uh, we had a lot of really hilarious questions like that. Like yeah. just thinking that food came from cans and yeah, really not an understanding. And um, it was cool to, to watch their brains, little brains metaphorically explode not yeah. literally yeah <laughs> but yeah I, it's so cool we're gonna go there uh if you google koinonia farm or we can put a link in the show show notes it's a really special place uh it's underappreciated in its uh prevalence and its history in the civil rights movement uh in the american south uh and uh if you've ever read the cotton patch gospels or you've seen the musical that came from them uh, that's the source. Uh, the Cotton Patch Gospels were translated at Koinonia Farm by its founder, Clarence Jordan. It's spelled J- like Jordan, like Michael Jordan, but pronounced Jordan. Uh, and uh, yeah, really special place, unique place. And I'm, I'm thrilled. Uh, and we can give a shout out to the Lilly Endowment. They're underwriting my sabbatical. Cool. That's Why awesome. Not? Yeah. So uh, it's going to be, I think, really good. Uh, I'm a little bit nervous. Oh, one more kid story. Just yeah. so the um, same girl who was confused about chicken was uh, talking to her Sunday school teacher who said, yeah, I hear you're, you're going away for the summer. And she says, yeah, do you know what the best part is? And she hadn't told us what the best part was. And so I was a little bit nervous as to what that, that might be. And I was thinking, I don't know, like animals or new friends or something like that. And she says, when we're down there and we go to church, dad's going to sit with us. And he's <laughs> not so going to have to like do all the stuff. Like <laughs> That's he's awesome. Just, it's awesome, and it just makes me feel bad about, like, every Sunday in Buffalo. Don't but, feel bad about it. It's just she's excited to, like, a different experience. That's yeah, so cool. Yeah. Aw. So that's, that's adorable. That's my summer cool. coming up. I love it. I love yeah. it. So tell us what's going on with you and your family and your children. I think the big thing that I don't think I mentioned on our last episode is that Viv is potty trained now. That's awesome. It's awesome. That's very awesome. So we're awesome. like, you know, I think the last time... She had gotten peeing down, and we were still in like full bribe mode for yeah pooping, and she's pretty much got it from Sometimes now on. Sometimes regression happens. You've, okay, you're probably aware of that. Well, I hadn't really thought, been thinking about that, so I appreciate that warning. Okay, okay, like around big life events. <laughs> yeah, like when there's stress, yeah. or like if Makes she sense. like realizes, hey, I used to get bribed for peeing, and I don't anymore. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. So that's been really awesome. Did to, you do the to, blitz where you're just like no pants for a we day? Did, yeah, we did the no pants thing for a couple of days and, and yeah. And then, and, and then let her like walk, wear just underwear and brought the potty everywhere. And, um, she got really into the actual underwear and like didn't pretty much like reached a point where she was like, I don't want to put diapers back on. So yeah, we're like, okay, underwear well, is awesome. yeah, this is what you have to do then. So. So yeah, she she liked it, and and Gummy Bears worked. Um, 
Like, they work for a lot of things. Yeah, they really did. <laughs> Except when she found the entire stash of her potty training gummy bears one morning and ate them all before breakfast. Then it <laughs> didn't work so well. I think I told... But then it was like, okay, well, this treat's over now. Like, oh, and, and she'd go pee and be like, I need a gummy bear. And we'd be like, well, you already had it. And, then, and, and it worked. <laughs> that's the other... There's a parenting change that happened. Not a change of parents. A strategy change that happened in our house that we're thrilled with. Uh, our, our children fought one too many times over who watches what television show when. Like, we had an hour per kid per right. day. And... But three girls and two TVs. And it just started to get ugly. And we're like, you know what? You can watch TV on Saturday. And only on Saturday. Ooh. Really? Yeah. Tell me. It's good. Everything. It's it's. It's just it's good. It worked out. Yeah, yeah. Like there was a little bit like there was a little bit of resistance, but like it came after like they had just like fought and fought and we were like quit it and warned and like and then just like yeah. I mean, how many days did they make your life miserable after you made that decision? Like how many? Not like zero. I, really? Like that's the amazing thing. There's, they didn't like follow you along around crying for days. That's just like oh, what I'm yeah. envisioning. No, like great. We, well, I wouldn't tolerate that. Yeah. Uh, that makes me sound horrible. But I, I just no, it does. It just I'm, I'm good at tuning out. It's yeah, not like yeah, I yeah, smack yeah. them if they do that. <laughs> right. Sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Uh, and they know that like that that kind of directive whining just isn't going to get them anywhere. And like I guess we got lucky that there were friends around and good weather. So right. like they just moved on to the oh can't watch TV. Oh, I guess I'll go outside. And then they went outside and had fun. Cool. So so yeah, I was going to ask because it, like they, so they would primarily watch it after school. They'd watch their hour. Yeah homework had to happen before TV happened. So it wouldn't be immediately after school. Yeah. And that was part of like, part of the challenge was like, uh, even my kindergartner has homework now and she gets off the bus at like quarter after four. So she'd get off the bus, she'd do her homework. She'd talk to us, you know, she'd eat a snack. Uh, so she wouldn't have time to watch like a whole show, like before dinner. And then if it was a bath night, like, there just wasn't enough time to watch an hour of TV and see her friends. Uh, and so like, yeah. like bedtime would come and she, like, there was this profound feeling of loss. Like right. I didn't get something that was coming to me and it's right. like, well, cause you did better things, but like that doesn't work with kids. Yeah. No, so, it doesn't like giving them less is yeah. sometimes so much better. Yeah. Like choices. <sighs> stink. I feel like I, I'm in a, the, like the the past couple of weeks here in Buffalo have been really rainy. If you're not from this area or from, I think the Northeast in general has been really, yeah. <laughs> really rainy. The world's horrible. <laughs> but <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> but I feel like I, you know, I go like it ebbs and flows. But in the past couple of weeks, I've I've just we've been letting Viv watch more TV than usual, and it's like she's she can't handle it. Like yeah. she, it's just, she's like meltdown central if she doesn't get to watch as much as she, yeah. yeah. And I, so I've been feeling like, all right, we need to just make a clean break. We might I like do your it. Saturday role. So yeah. do they have unlimited on Saturday or? Basically. Yeah, but hey. But there's other stuff that happens on Saturday too. That and keep, like, it's like not from like morning till night because you guys do stuff as a family. Yeah. Right. Cool. So. And they do get tired of it eventually, and friends knock on the door, and so. Yeah. Hmm, yeah. Drew, you're giving me stuff to think about. All right. 
Okay. So who's on the podcast today? We've got Carrie Quayle. Um, Carrie, well, we're going to tell you about her in a second when we get to the interview, but she's awesome and I'm really excited to introduce her to everybody. It's been a while since we've had a parent crush. Um, So check it out. We are so excited to return to y'all today with a parent crush. Uh, This time we are sitting down with Carrie Quayle. Obviously, Carrie is a parent, uh, but she wears a ton of other hats as well. For the past seven years, Carrie has been a leading force behind Buffalo's craft cocktail scene. She's a bartender at Buffalo Proper and the new Angelica Tea Room. She's also the founder of Bar Biddies, an organization that brings together female bartenders around craft cocktails and charity. Okay, so let's start with some of your background, Carrie. Who's in your family and what do we need to know about them? So, um, my husband's name is John Carroll. He is the owner of both Buffalo Proper and Angelica Tea Room. Um, and we have a wonderful son named Jackson, who is two and a half this month. He will be three in November. Um, and, you know, I became a parent, as, as most people become parents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it was, it was sort of crazy. I was, at the time that I got pregnant, I was working at Vera. Um, I was actually managing the bar there. And Vera's a local a <clears throat> local bar, yep. restaurant here. It's actually the first cocktail bar in Buffalo since Prohibition. And um, when we opened up that place, um, my husband and I actually worked there. He was the bar manager when we first opened. So, you know, it's been a long ride of, of a lot of uh, a lot of bars, a lot of working behind the bar. Um, but yeah, I worked I worked at Vera. I feel like until I was about four months pregnant, and then I, I left and um, took some time off yeah. to be, you know, to get ready for, for motherhood, which was, <laughs> was, well, I say time off. We were actually opening up Buffalo Proper um, while I was pregnant and um, a cocktail store, which we had that no longer exists. Oh, right. Uh, um, yeah, I, I, I remember hearing about that. Mm-hmm. I guess I didn't realize that was you, but it makes yeah, that a was, lot of sense. That was us also. So, yeah. Um, yeah, pregnancy was like the best time ever. It was it was slow and nice. <laughs> I really enjoyed myself. How long did, uh, after you had Jackson did you go back to bartending? Um, I want to say two months. Okay, I think pretty quickly. Yeah, well, I I took I took a little bit of time off. Um, I was checking in on the shop a lot, and he actually came to work with me there. Um, uh, I, I want to say for like over a year after he was born, he was like my little buddy at the shop and yeah. he's, I feel like he sold a lot of things for us because he's, <laughs> he's adorable. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I didn't take a ton of time off. I, I gain a lot of like personal, you know, respect for myself from working and it's like one of my favorite things to do is be behind the bar. So not being able to be involved in that was actually really hard for me. Um, and taking time off was, was difficult. So getting, getting back there was, it was, if it was a good feeling. (laughs) Okay. So for those of us that have never worked in the restaurant or bar industry Mm -hmm. or anything, can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, like what are, what's the culture like? What's the typical hours and expectations? Um, so, you know, there's no, there's no like OSHA laws behind the bar. (laughs) Like there is a health inspector, but, um, they're long hours and you don't usually get a break unless, you know, your boss is a stickler for like the laws. But, um, 
I'd say all the bars that I've worked at in Buffalo, it's like you're you're working like a 12, 13 hour shift. Um, but it's, it's like bing, bam, boom. You like work, you know, two, three shifts a week and you're good to go. Like, but it is, it's a long day, um, with, you know, Buffalo proper and then Angelica. I mean, Angelica opens earlier, which is actually something I'm getting used to because we've only been open for two weeks, but we open at four o'clock. So I get in like an hour before my shift make sure everything's set up, um, all, you know, all crisis is averted and everything's good to go. And then we close at like 1am. Um, and it takes us an hour and a half, two hours to close up. And yeah. And then we like sit down and have a glass of wine and talk about the shift and count all the money and do all those things. So I don't usually get home until like three o'clock in the morning. And um, that's the early shift. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I have, you know, some really, really amazing babysitters that I really heavily rely on to hold down the fort. And that's like, for me, those days are, are really long, but Jackson gets up later cause he's a little bar baby. So yeah, I was going to ask you about that. How does your, like what you obviously had to make some changes to your schedule as a family. What is that um, like? Just he's sort of like always been like that. Honestly, hmm. I mean, I, when he was first born, I took him everywhere with me and just like he would sleep on me most of the time, like in a pack. So I feel like he's just used to it, but he goes to bed, um, usually around like 1130 and wakes up around like 930, 10, usually on, on like a regular day. Mm -hmm. There are days that he wakes up way earlier, um, or later. I hope he's not breaking something in, in your living room, but, um, for the most part, he's just... He's just used to that schedule. That's the schedule we've always been on. Yeah. Yeah, I was assuming that you would probably need some, like, reliable childcare and yeah. help with that. Unfortunately for John and I, we don't have any family here, mm -hmm. um, which has proven to be really, really difficult over the last two and a half years. Bud, you want to play with us for a little while? Um, but, yeah, we have amassed a, a, a large number of sitters that, you know, <laughs> We have one that works every every uh, Friday now. Because um, Friday is actually the only day that John and I work at the same time. Mm. So other than that, we trade off. He works right now, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And I work Friday and Sunday. So Sunday is like solid daddy day for him. Like he's got, he's got Jackson all day. I'm at work. And Friday, Jackson's with a sitter. So yeah, so that's really luckily for us. You know, it, it's hard, but he really is only with you know, a sitter one solid day a week, which is nice. That is nice. Mm -hmm. And I'm guessing it's kind of the way it is for so many parents that um, oh, absolutely. you take turns being with the kid and you get less time together than... Yeah. I, yes, unfortunately. <laughs> which, I, you know, I'm hoping over time that will change. But, you know, for now, it's, it's what we got to do. Yeah. So I think, like, when, at least my experience... With parenting, anytime you do something that's like a little bit outside the norm, mm -hmm. you you know you get eyebrows raised, maybe worse than that. What like with that schedule and how does like how does your family? What do they think about? Oh, our family is honestly, our family is awesome. Cool. Like I, I definitely inherited like the end all be all of like awesome in laws. They're amazing. Um, 
That's great. <laughs> yeah, it really, I don't know what I did to deserve this, but it was really good, apparently. Um, John's mom, my mother-in-law, comes up about once a month and is here for a, like a long weekend. God bless you. And my mom comes up also about once a month and is here to like hang out and help out and yeah. be around and watch him grow. And they're both like obsessed with him. So it works out really well for everybody. Um, my mom is actually from here. So mm-hmm. she, we still have like my aunt and my grandmother still live here. Um, so she comes up to see them as well. But it's a good like monthly ritual that we have. Good. So um, obviously you're making it work and that's what <laughs> impresses us. But I'm, I'm still curious, like what are the, the big challenges for you? Um, the big challenge is like time. I feel like it's, it's hard. I rarely, you know, I don't remember the last time we like got to spend like, you know, well, I do actually, we went down to New York and we got like two, we got a two and a half days to ourself, which was the first time that had ever happened, which is amazing. Um, but my mother-in-law lives outside of New York city. So we dropped the baby off with her and then went in the city and had an absolutely fantastic time. Um, but I'd say besides like getting to spend time together, it's just like sleep and, you know, who's doing what we also only have one car. So that's a challenge. Mm -hmm. Um, and just communication for sure is like, like any other parenting, like, you know, couple it's, it's, uh, it's definitely like communication, time and sleep. And I feel like, I mean, I feel like that's pretty normal, like across the board for everybody. It's just a little more strenuous of like, we have to really keep on top of things or else everything's going to just fall apart. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I feel like having a, uh, having your routine with a kid is always a good idea, but I just sort of think based on what you're saying, it sounds like even more. Yeah. I mean, (laughs) yeah, it does. He's really pretty good Uh, and he's very flexible for a two-year-old um I would say (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah you know he's getting into that point now where like if he doesn't want to do something he's not doing it (laughs) like for sure and I'm like okay well I guess we're not doing that today and I'll do it tomorrow whatever but you know we have we have ways of figuring out like how he really enjoys doing things like grocery shopping you know like he hates sitting in a grocery cart more than I feel like I hate anything in my life (laughs) and I'm like all right well if we go to Wegmans they have the grocery cart with the tractor or the race car yeah (laughs) and I'm like how come every single place in the world doesn't have these (laughs) it just it just makes the whole trip and I'm like great all right but Wegmans doesn't have this thing that I need so how am I gonna go get that without a total meltdown happening (laughs) Yeah, those cars are like, mm-hmm. Viv thinks that we're going to like the playground if I suggest going to Wegmans. Like oh, yeah. Same level of excitement. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you ever, your girls are older, but. The, the excitement is still there. Okay, cool. Yep. They're basically driving and it's, it's like the best thing ever. So do you have other um, colleagues who work with you at, at the bars who are parents or are you sort of like. As far as Buffalo proper and Angelica are concerned, John and I are the only parents as far as I know, Um, at least behind the bar. Uh, We used to have a bartender who worked for us. Um, 
who also had a daughter who's about a year and a half older than Jackson. Um, and she's fantastic, but he works very similar hours to us. Um, but he has a lot of family here and, you know, it's just like, it's, it's a different scenario. She's a little older. She's also in daycare, I think two or three days a week. Um, but yeah, I mean, we've hit, you know, she's on like a normal kid schedule where like Joe would, our Joe, our, our colleague would like get out of work on the weekend at like five o'clock in the morning and she would be up at six. Oh. And, and I'm like, I don't, I can't do that. Yeah. <laughs> I just can't. I mean, getting up, you know, getting home at three and getting up at nine thirty is like, I can do that. I can, that's like semi sustainable for me, but the one hour thing is I can't. No. No. <laughs> um, I have, as far as I know, my, my very dear friend, Ashley is the only other like craft cocktail bartender who is a mom though, in this scenario, most of the other people that we know in this industry who are parents are dads. Um, so that's something that her and I obviously chat about a lot. And her son is older. Um, he's seven. Um, and he's amazing, but she is, um, you know, for, she's in a, she's a single mother and, um, she, her parents live out in Alden and her schedule is like insane. I mean, she drives to Alden maybe sometimes four times a day to like drop him off and pick him up and get him off the bus and all this stuff. And I mean, she lives in Allentown. So that's like, I don't even, I can't even calculate how many hours that is in a car. It's like, I feel like a 40 minute trip. At least. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's a lot to, to do this. Like you said, I mean, it, this industry doesn't necessarily cater to family or parenthood or anything like that is is that something that like is part of a wider conversation like are you thinking about ways to change the industry or is that just like not yet i mean right now (laughs) right now i'm trying to like survive survive, yeah (laughs) and like raise a happy healthy little boy but I have definitely had conversations with, especially with mothers in other cities, um, especially New York, that are trying to make things more accommodating, especially for, you know, mothers who, you know, either their partner is traveling or they're working a lot or like that don't have family in the city where they live. Um, There, I am blanking on her first name right now, but she is the... um, one of the founders of Ladies of American Distilling, and she <clears throat> she lives in New York. She has two little girls, and I had the pleasure of running into her and her husband uh, a couple years ago at a cocktail festival in Rochester. And you know, she goes, her and her husband and their daughter, and now two daughters go down to um, Tales of the Cocktail, which is this huge festival in um, in New Orleans every year. And they bring their daughter and like she was explaining to me, they have like groups set up for, you know, parents to bring their kids where they can like drop their kid off for babysitting and all this stuff. And I was like, that sounds amazing. But like, I, I'm not there yet. (laughs) So this is a little bit of a tangent, but Mm -hmm. ladies of American distilling Mm -hmm. makes me want to know what alcohol they're making and I want you to give us some plugs for like yeah. can can we, can we buy from this woman? Well, yeah. it's a it's like a guild. Um, it's a lot of female distillers, female brewers. I think that are like then doing things with distilling. Um, her husband is Alan Katz. He's the 
owner, founder of New York Distilling. And he has several products that I have a feeling, you know, she probably helped with or, you know, talked to him about in some aspect. Um, but you can buy his products. Um, he has a Peritot gin and several other products that are on the market. But his, his company is New York Distilling. Um, but yeah, Ladies of American Distilling is more of just like a guild um, with cool. women who, who work I- at several distilleries, you know, around the country. We'll link to it mm-hmm. okay. in the show notes for sure. Sounds good. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, staying on this topic of, you know, your work and your career, but talk a little bit about um, motherhood and, and how that um, affected it. So I think that like a lot of, a lot of parents – um, especially mothers when they have their kids, like we just talked about our in survival mode and mm-hmm. they kind of maybe pull back a little bit. Um, not everybody, but I think that that's pretty common. And I, it seems like you just sort of dove in even more. So you've got, <laughs> you know, you, you mentioned you all opened a bar when you were pregnant and mm-hmm. then now you have a second place. Mm-hmm. And then you also, we mentioned this in our intro, um, co-founded an organization called Bar Biddies. Mm-hmm. So I, I mean, just talk a little bit about balancing all that. And I guess, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I guess personally, I don't feel like I dove in more hmm. um, because I'm not working as much as I was before I got pregnant. So I guess that there's that aspect of it. Um, you know, I, I work behind the bar two days a week. Um but like I said earlier, it's like that's like a big feeling of, of just that's a good feeling for me. So those days I'm like I'm very happy to go to work. And I like it's it's a different it's a break from from being a mom, um, but it's still working. So it's like I don't know. It's just it's a different kind of work. <laughs> He's been really good. <laughs> um <laughs> But I guess, so yeah, we, we opened up Buffalo Proper when I was pregnant. We also opened up Queen City Shaken and Stirred, which was our cocktail store in the same week, which wasn't intended, but it ended <laughs> up happening that way. So you did dive into stuff. I mean, um, I know you... Well, I, I know. <laughs> so that, Queen City Shaken and Stirred was sort of my fallback of like, I don't really want to stop working, so what can I do that isn't, you know, a 14-hour shift? Right when I have a toddler who is nursing, right. or not a toddler, an infant who is nursing. Um, and that was like, that was my answer for that. And the shop was open for a little over a year and a half. And then that's when I started. I was only bartending, I think, one day a week then. So I was at the shop four days a week, and I was, and he was with me all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, then, let's see. Once I started bartending more and he he stopped nursing at like, I think he was a little over a year. And I was like, okay, well, I'm not nursing anymore. Like I can work another day possibly. And that's when we decided to like get a babysitter for him um, for that one day that we were going to end up working together. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's it's like... I don't know. It, it is definitely a balancing act um, between like parenting and work and, you know, Barbity's, uh, Barbity's sort of started out of this necessity that I was feeling um, of this like big change that happened for me when I became a mom in this industry. And I was like, 
you know, what are all these cool chicks doing, like not hanging out together? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and it sort of blew my mind how many of them didn't even like know each other. And I was like, you know, bringing him everywhere with me and like going to all these bars and like hanging out. And, um, and I was just sort of slowly realizing that like, not only did they not know each other, but like they didn't, they'd never even like talked before. Um, and I want to say there's like 30, 40 women in the craft cocktail industry in Buffalo alone. Cool. Um, that are all like really badass and really cool. And like, I don't know, it was, I was like, how can we all hang out together and make drinks and have it not like have people support us and have it not be like, just come hang out with us because we're ladies. I was like, oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I feel like you could, like, easily veer into, like, it's the sexy night. Like, yeah. Or, exactly. like, let's see if these women can compete against each other. Which, not that competition is bad, but, like, I feel... Competition yeah. in that in that vein, though, it, that's not what we need. We have enough competition right. as it is. Yeah. So, like, I was like, how can we just all hang out and drink together and, like, make cocktails and have people, like, come chill with us? I was like, oh, yeah, charity. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Love Everybody it. loves charity. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, it was, it, I, I don't want to say it was like a necessity, but I do feel like it was sort of a, um, it was just in the vein of like what needed to happen in the city for, for people to like grow and, and be more connected and, and just like enjoy each other's company without it being like weird. <laughs> yeah. But you're, you're still like working in that. Yeah. You're making drinks yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and it's fun we have a really good time good. and i mean we've gone on like several trips together that were also work related i mean uh five of us went down to austin and took a uh, certification for um bar smarts which is like a it's sort of like if you're gonna get like your somali exam or like your cicerone for beer people this is like your cocktail thing that you do oh, cool. um and there's several levels but we all went down and like got that and that was really fun and terrifying because it's like all the leading people in our industry like testing you and looking you in the eye and be like okay make me this cocktail now and you're like Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but it was a really good bonding experience for us and uh but yeah back to your original point <clears throat> It definitely, it like, there's no getting around it. Like, I definitely, I do a lot of things. But they're all, like, I don't know why it doesn't seem like that much because they're mm -hmm. all different. It's, like, motherhood and work and barbities. It's, like, I feel like I need all of those. It's, like, all pieces of a big overall puzzle that are all helping to perpetuate, like, you know, the good, the good parts of the restaurant industry. I, yeah. I really relate to just the... I really, as someone who also has a lot on her plate, um, I feel like I need all of it. Mm -hmm. And I also feel like becoming a parent has helped me just cut through a lot of the bullshit. Oh, absolutely. Like, and, and, and so I like, I got off boards that were great, but like, were not what I wanted to really be doing. I don't know. Just help me clarify what it is that I really want to be spending the, the like, the little non-parent time I have yep. on, so. That's exactly how I feel about it. Yeah. So uh, the other thing that I want to hear particularly about, you know, Whitney wrote in our share our show notes just as drinking for your job and parenting, like yeah, that's definitely a challenge. Um, obviously, like, and this is you know this is something that a lot of people have a lot of opinions about that I don't really care about <laughs> honestly. 
But I feel like that's that's a healthy attitude for every parent of totally. every type to like, oh, cultivate. Just, like, yeah. yeah, you do have feelings yeah. about what I should do. Good yeah, <laughs> yeah, great, thank you. Um, like, I need another opinion, you know? <laughs> um, so before I got pregnant, I was managing a bar, and I obviously was, like, drinking a lot because that's what people in Buffalo do is they want to do shots with you behind the bar. So... Obviously, I had to stop doing shots when I got pregnant, which honestly was a lot easier than I thought it was going to be, which was great. <laughs> um, but I I didn't really miss drinking, but um, I definitely had like a three ounce glass of wine like every day or every other day during my pregnancy. And that was something I'd spoken to my doctor about. And she was like, dude, you're fine. Like, you're not going home and drinking like a case of beer which some people consider moderate drinking in the United States. Right. You're having like right. a small glass of wine and honestly, it's probably really good for your stress level. And I was like, cool. And it really was, it was really good for my stress level. Um, but you know, after I had him and I was nursing, it was like, that was a whole other thing of like, you know, how do I handle this? There's so many differing opinions of like how much you can drink or like pumping and dumping and like that kind of stuff. And I was like, well, I'm not intoxicated right now. Like I also have like milk stored and all of that mm -hmm. stuff. Um, but it's like, it is a challenge and it's something that you sort of have to have that conversation with yourself about of like what you're comfortable with and you know, what, like what's going on with him or like you're, you know, Everybody has their own opinion about, um, but even now, like, you know, it's, you have to also have the conversation of like, do I really want to be hungover and waking up with like a two and a half year old who needs like all of my attention? It's yeah. like, no, no, I really don't. Yeah, especially at like, depending on what you and John have going on the next day. Yeah. If yeah. Co-parenting, then maybe... It's a tag team Well, day. so that's the other thing is that, like, especially on the weekends, John get home, gets home a lot later than I do, so he sleeps in, um, which is, like, he needs – he will not be able to function <laughs> if he doesn't sleep in. So no matter how late I got home the night before, like, once in a while he'll get up and give me, like, another two hours to sleep, but I'm usually, like, I'm up with him pretty much every day. Mm -hmm. um, and that's not a fun feeling of, like, hey, you, you went out the night before and you know it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, definitely happens. Definitely, like, sometimes I will drink too much and be hungover. And I definitely pay for it because he's like, Mommy, let's do all of these things that are going to make your headaches so much worse. Yeah. I'm like, okay, cool. I deserve this. <laughs> I did it to myself. Yep. Um, yeah, Buffalo is an interesting city to be a parent bartender in because people really, really – get almost offended if you don't imbibe with them. Um, I guess I didn't realize that was a unique part of our culture, drinking culture here. You, like, you thought that we weren't like that or that everybody was like I that? I guess I just thought, yeah, I just guess I thought that was buying shots for the bar thing was the... I, one thing that I have done recently um, to sort of avoid that stigma of like, what, you're not going to drink with me is I will have like a cocktail that I nurse for hours at a time. And I'm like, I'm good, man. I don't need a shot, but I'll cheers you with this drink or a glass of wine that I have. And people that usually people are like, Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. And that works out way better for me. <laughs> so, so my bartending experience is limited. It mm -hmm. was one summer 
but it was in Ireland. Oh yeah, that counts. Well, (laughs) but it's such easy bartending because it's like whiskey, beer, whiskey, beer. Mm -hmm. um, But what blew me away is that um, like it took me two weeks to just understand what anyone was saying because of the accent. But there's still (laughs) the cultural divide because they don't tip there. Mm -hmm. Um, Except every once in a while, like once in a blue moon, someone will like, quote unquote, buy a drink for the bartender. Mm -hmm. But you don't have to buy a drink <laughs> like like i was like oh you want me to drink with you and like bar manager wasn't cool with that and the, like the other bartender is like take that money and put it in a jar and take it home i'm like oh it's a tip yep <laughs> thank you that's really <laughs> I funny i didn't want a drink <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny <laughs> yeah um but that helped me grow in respect for what you do, what you do, especially like actually like making drinks, like that culture is really weird in that if someone orders rum and Coke, uh-huh. you give them rum and a little tiny bottle of Coke. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I could have put those together, but I don't put anything else <laughs> oh, that's together. What you do, that's what happened where you were bartending? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like the first time, like I just assumed it was like bars that I went to in yeah. the States and yep. I like gave them the drink and they looked at me like. What are you doing? Why did you put those together? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, well, I, I didn't think you wanted two drinks. You That's know. funny. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a different world all over the place, honestly. I've never bartended overseas, but I have bartended in California, and it is very different. <laughs> How do they drink in California? Slower. Oh, that's, that's probably healthier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They might not drink slower, but everything else is slower. Um, so... Just where are you at in parenting right now? I like to I like to ask parents that we interview, you know, like what's what's going on? Jackson's two and a half. What are your challenges right now? Oh man. My challenges right now is that he is like exactly like me and John, and he is like he's very headstrong and he's super smart, which is amazing. Both of those things are amazing, but I am getting to a point now where he's like you know, having tantrums and definitely asserting his authority and they're all like, you know, healthy parts of him developing as a human, but I'm like, I can't do this right now. <laughs> is he um is he choosy about how he takes his juice? Like does he want a, a he twist actually or doesn't like juice, which is really weird. He well well I will say he just got into juice boxes, which is a whole other challenge Ugh. because of the squeezing and the yes. squirting and like that whole thing. Um, and and I feel like the like quenchable thirst for juice boxes like yeah they get one they want like a thousand mm-hmm. yeah absolutely <laughs> um i would say he's just he wants to live outside forever he never wants to come inside mm-hmm. so i have to figure out ways to get him inside without him having a total meltdown like hey buddy do you want to come help me do the laundry i don't know why but he loves the laundry room most i think what it is is john's drum set is down there so he's like okay if i go down to the laundry room i get to play the drums also nice um i don't know he's sweet and his favorite word is no and that's you know no everything he was sitting in the back of the car the other day just listing off the things he wanted to say no about for no reason oh that was it was a lot <laughs> It was a lot of knowing. What are you guys into right now as a family? Like, do you have any favorite traditions or anything that you've been doing that that you've been really enjoying? I'm really excited that it's going to be summer again because hiking is like one of our favorite things to do. 
um, last year was, I mean, I'm hoping we can stick with it this summer. Um, but last year we went on like one hike every other week mm-hmm. at like a different spot. Um, and he's a little bigger now, so I think he would actually enjoy it more. I'm trying to think every, like we have like, you know, yearly traditions where like John's mom lives, uh, she has a house in Narragansett, Rhode Island. So every summer we go down there for a week, which is like, it's the most relaxing place I've ever been in my life. That's awesome. Um, and you know, they sort of like take him off of our hands and get some like, you know, grand, grandbaby time. And John and I literally get to like sleep and read and not talk that much. And it's really nice. <laughs> Awesome, yeah, including the not talking part. Yeah, I just like lay there, read a book. It's fantastic. I love it. All right, so before we wrap up, I well, I actually have two questions for you. One, Mm -hmm. you mentioned this before that you brought Jackson everywhere. Yes, everywhere. Quick opinion on like bringing babies and kids to bars and restaurants. I think it's great. Um, but I also have a much more European sensibility about like most things. Cause I think what they're doing obviously is working. <laughs> um, but I, which is what bring the kids, bring your kid everywhere. Yeah. They are much more well-adjusted. Like they, I, 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 my biggest fear because of what we do honestly is that he will grow up to have some like, like, I don't know, he'll look at booze as, like, the forbidden fruit, and that's the last thing I want, because there are so many kids in the United States who, like, you know, they end up, like, dying from binge drinking when on their 18th birthday, and, like, that's terrifying to me, because, like, our whole house is, like, you know, we have a bar in our house, like, it's what we do, but I want him to be comfortable around everything. Mm-hmm. I, when I say I took him everywhere, I really, like, I legitimately, his first dinner out he was four days old and he was just in a pack on my chest for a full two hours at dinner. And he was like silent little angel yeah, child. Awesome mm. at that age. Oh yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> but yeah, I definitely have gotten my fair share of like people saying things to me that were not so nice or like dirty looks or whatever. I actually had somebody call Buffalo proper and tell our hostess that she was never going to come back to the bar um, because there was a child on the bar and he was like in his you know he was in his uh his like carrier um and you know whatever that sucks but what am I gonna do I'm I'm gonna leave my kid at home so I can go to work (laughs) like and I think at that day in particular I was like visiting John at the bar and they were trying to explain, or our hostess was trying to explain to the woman on the phone, like, oh, that's, you know, that's the owner's son, actually. And she's like, I don't care. And I'm like, oh, whatever. Yeah. Doug Quebec. Yeah. Well, I personally love that you are, I'm, that you feel that way. It's also like, I mean, for so many people, I feel like they sort of hide themselves away mm-hmm. after they have a child, especially women, because they don't feel like, they don't feel welcome at a lot of places like that. And... I don't think that's right. I feel like so many women have a harder time, you know, getting back into society when after they have a baby anyway. And it's like when if you don't feel comfortable like bringing your kid with you, then what the hell are you supposed to do? Like you're not you're just supposed to sit at home and be miserable and like right. that's not okay either. Right. <laughs> Agreed. It's also, I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, but it's like this weird, like, double standard. Oh, absolutely. Like, when 
when a dad brings her kid with them to mm-hmm. work or to wherever, it's like, wow, Hero. he could have just left that kid on a sidewalk somewhere. Yep. You know? Um, and, <laughs> and when a mother does it, it's like, why isn't she? Why aren't, why aren't you home, like, cooking? Yeah. And, I don't know, raising your kid properly. <laughs> Doing the most important job of your job. <laughs> Love being a parent, but yeah. All right, Carrie, do you have some drink recommendations for parents? I'm thinking, like, oh, I they go out and I actually cool? have some really – I actually want to plug this a little bit because there's something really cool happening in the cocktail industry right now where a lot of us are becoming parents and we're realizing that like we can't drink like we used to, which is a good thing, honestly. Um, But there's this whole movement happening right now of lower proof cocktails and cocktails that have, you know, ingredients in them that are more like aromatized wines or, you know, you're not getting like a glass of whiskey to like go home to your kid with. Um, So, you know, cocktails like the Pimm's Cup, um, which we actually, I'm totally going to do a plug right now, but is our, it's our, um, happy hour drink at Angelica Tea Room. Um, do you want me to stop or? No. Okay. We'll just keep going. Okay. Um, that is a delicious, like low ABV drink that, you know, you can have a couple of and you're not going to be like totally bombed. Um, and I'm totally ignorant. So no, so a Pim's cup is or we call it the Pimps Cup because we add a little extra something in there. But um, it's gin, Pimps number two, which is a, um, it's actually an a English liqueur. Um, it's like fruity and delicious. Um, uh, lemon juice, a little bit of simple syrup, and um, ginger beer and cucumbers. And it's pretty and del- over ice and it's really delicious. It's so good. Um, that's one of my favorites. Anything shaken, honestly, if you're, if you're looking to not get like too effed up, like anything shaken, um, up or on the rocks is, is that's your go-to because that's not going to be all booze. Um, so stuff like an aviation, which is, um, gin, violet liqueur, lemon juice, um, Luxardo maraschino, like they're all like refreshing and delicious and, yeah, I I love cocktails. <laughs> cool. I'm going to put a recipe for a Pimp's Cup up on in the show notes. And we'll put a link to Angelica. So if you're local, you can go to happy hour. If you're not local, it's worth And the be trip. home for bedtime. Yeah. And like not, you know. Oh, by the way, our, our happy hour at Angelica's is uh, four to six. Four to six. That's very okay. parent friendly. Very right? Very parent friendly. I love it. <laughs> All right, Carrie, thank you so much for sitting down with us. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Yeah. (laughs) So, uh, person, place, or thing, what what is yours this month? Uh, Mine is the podcast Kind World. Have you ever heard of it? No, but it's got a wonderful name. Yeah, it's really sweet. It's um, like short, you know, I don't know, five to nine minute little episodes um, that are stories about people um, and kindness, you know, like good things that happen to them. Um, Will your you kids know. listen to it or is it? They might. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't know. They might. It's short. My, mine probably wouldn't be into it, but yours might as older. Um, the episode I just listened to was about a guy who was an optometrist who actually ended up losing his eyesight and then 
once he lost his eyesight, navigating public transportation became hard, but it also then kind of showed him how kind people really are. That's so cool. he felt like he was able to see a different side of people, oh. even though he left. Don't worry, it's really not that cheesy. The podcast is better um, than that. But it, it was just sweet. And I think for me in this moment we're in as a world, it was very good yeah. <laughs> to have reminders of that. So I, I've, been, I've been listening to little episodes here and there. Okay. So my thing is Peanuts in the Shell. I don't think I've made that a thing before. <laughs> Definitely not. They are a wonderful thing. Okay. Uh, peanuts are healthy. And when they're in the shell, they take a long time to eat. And when you go to a baseball game, yes. they are the least expensive. So like my and kids. And occupy your child. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so like a bag of peanuts will, ask, will last like three innings at least. Uh, and I refuse to shell them for my children. Like, yeah. this is an intentionally yeah. slow food. Um, but they're not just good for baseball games. They're wonderful for, like, being on the front porch and, like, chucking the shells mm. into your hedges or landscaping or whatever's in front of you. Nice. My kids like to eat peanuts in the shell on the porch and at baseball games. And it's a lot cheaper and healthier than hot dogs and nachos. I like it. Have you been taking them to baseball games? I've got one coming up. Uh, Kids Day for the Buffalo Bisons, our minor league affiliate, is June one. So I'm. I hope I. I like baseball, but I'm not just going with my kid. Like I'm going with my kid's school. Whoa. And I don't know if that'll be good baseball. I mean, I don't know. Like I just might hate it. Yeah. But you might get on the cam a lot, which is always my goal, especially at minor league games, because let's be honest, there's not that many people. And so it's very easy Your to get on the cam. Your odds are much higher. Very easy. Yes. One, one season I got on every cam that they had, you know, they have like friend cam, yeah, chicken dance cam. I got on every single cam except for the kiss cam. I'm always terrified that kiss cam is going to land on me when I'm next to somebody that I don't want to kiss. Yeah. Yeah. You could kiss their hand. That's nah, kind of corny. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Okay. So uh, that's it for this episode of Just a Phase. Uh, look for yourself on the Just a Phase Kiss Cam. Don't forget that you can subscribe, review, and rate our pack podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, or wh wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find us on Facebook at Just a Phase Podcast, on Instagram under the same name, or on our website at justafazepodcast.tumblr.com. Just a Phase is produced by Whitney Crispell, and our theme music is Urbana Matronica, the Woo Ya Mix by Spinning Merkaba, used under a Creative Commons license. See you, Drew. Bye. Bye. <laughs>